and welcome to Lully Secrets, a place where we discuss relationships, the hustle of financial freedom, and the struggles of the Christian faith. I'm Lully, your host, and today we'll be discussing understanding yourself. So I wanted to just go over some of the things that I had personally gone through when I was making some changes um, in my life. I believe that there is a certain level of introspection that is required for you to have a better understanding of yourself. And I believe once you understand yourself, you're better able to decide on what you want and what you don't want. You know exactly what you want in life and you go for it. And on top of that, you attract what you want as well. So for me, it's kind of like also the law of attraction. If you are decisive and you know what you want and you know who you are and you understand yourself fully, you can very quickly spot what you're looking for out there. And for me, this comes down to even if you're looking at understanding what you want in terms of a relationship, understanding what you want in a career or a job or your financial goals, understanding what you want uh, in terms of your spiritual walk and your spirituality. So I would like to cover three different aspects that kind of help you along the way. So we'll be looking at mind, body and soul or spirit. Let's have a look at the body first. Now, for someone like me, the doctors would say I'm much bigger than the average. Although I have my insecurities about my body, um, I've come to learn to love myself and how I look. All the things that you put into you, be it eating better, so food, or exercise. So, for example, having a balanced diet, we all know what that is. I'm not going to get all deep in that. Um, Everyone has their way of doing it. I'm working on myself as well, and I use a food journal called My Fitness Pal. So it's just a really good place for me to, you know, track what I'm eating and, you know, I monitor my weight there and just know how well I'm doing in terms of what I'm eating, if I'm eating well or not in my fitness pal. And then I have my phone as well as a smartwatch that tracks my sleep as well. Then another thing that people don't realize is that stress really puts a really big strain on the body and on the mind. I found that when I'm highly stressed, I struggle to sleep. And when I don't sleep, I become very unfocused. I can't get anything done. And I just struggle to put my thoughts together and just be productive. Now, sleep is a major factor in your body. So apparently we're supposed to sleep at least six hours a day. Some people don't. Some people are too stressed or too keyed up to sleep up to six hours a day. But I'm one of those people that I actually need nine hours of sleep. I know it sounds weird. I am. I'm, I sound like a cat, but I love my sleep, clearly. Um, when I was in my early 20s, I could stay up at all hours. I would go 48 hours, I wouldn't sleep. And you know, when you're young, your body bounces back quicker. But as time goes on, you realize that you have more important things on your mind. When you're younger and you're doing all this bounce back, bounce back and, you know, sleeping at all these weird hours and stuff, the body can take it much better. A lot of people in their early 20s don't have the same worries as those in their 
let's say, early 30s, you know, we're thinking about different things. Most people in their early 20s have just finished university. You know, the world's their oyster. They're still, you know, jumping around. They're still having a good time. And it's not that you're not having a good time in your 30s. You're just more aware that, you know, your goals have changed. You're aware of time and having to meet your goals within a certain time frame. You're aware that time is short and life is short and you're really trying to push as much as possible for your goals. So that being said, um, because you have a lot more in your mind as you grow older, it's important that you sleep the adequate number of hours that you can so that you're fully functional when you do wake up and you can bang out those goals and, you know, hit the, you know, tick your tasks and hit your goals and just make sure you get things done. I know that when I was working at my previous job in a hotel, I was a reservations manager and I was getting maybe at the maximum, at the very maximum, six hours sleep. And myself, I need, if I get eight, that's solid. If I get nine, even better. So on those days that I didn't get that much sleep, I was, I wouldn't say useless because obviously there's some things you can do on autopilot, right? But a lot of the time I just couldn't think on a higher level and look at bigger pictures of things and, you know, finding uh, patterns and just trying to be better at my job. Thankfully, because I'm normally high key in the office and I do so well anyway, when I haven't slept enough, although you know that I'm tired, I still get a lot done and I'm still very good. So because I give 120% effort all the time and my skill level was high enough, um, my results ended up coming out as, let's say, 90%. And then on a really good day when I've slept really well, if my effort is 120%, my results are 120%. So it was just kind of matching the energy level. Like my brain was fully functional when, when I slept better. Just need to find time to sleep. Um, six hours, eight hours, you do what you need to do. Um, there were times I went to bed at 8 p.m. My husband was just looking at me like, sure, bananas. But if I was up at 5 a.m., I needed to get my nine hours. If I needed nine hours, I needed my nine hours. So you need to sleep. And um, sex, it's up to you. When I wasn't in a relationship and I was working on myself, I made sure that I wasn't having sex with anyone. I took care of me. Um, I'm sure you'll take care of you, but... I tried not to bring that confusion into my life um, to cloud my judgment. Um, And if you're in a relationship, I suggest one or two things. Either enjoy sex, a lot of it, so that you can be, you know, stress-free and just have fun with it. Or cut it out for a little bit so that you can focus a little bit more as well. So it depends on where you are at in your relationship with the person you're with. If you are not treating your body as something important, something to be cherished, something to be protected, then why would you expect others to do the same with your body as well? Um, Stress, like I said, is a very key factor. Sleep helps and sex helps, that I can tell you for sure. And then finally, exercising. So I started exercising more two to three times a week and it has done wonders for me and sometimes even if I don't go to the gym I try and hit like nine or ten k steps and I sleep much better as well it's a body just needs to move you know we're not programmed to sit in front of a computer all day that's not how our body was made to be and we're supposed to be moving and you know 
as time has gone on, we've all started working more in front of a computer or just being more sedentary. So we just need to get our bodies moving, get those juices flowing. And it does wonders for you. I know it has for me. But it's also important that you get your yearly checks done. So I know that I did a yearly check and I was told that, you know, my hormones were out of balance. And it was so confusing for me because there's nothing particularly crazy that I did that would have my hormones out of balance. But as a woman, it's something to take into consideration. You know, just go for your yearly checks, make sure you're okay, make sure everything's right. I was also told that, um, you know, I was getting pressure in my brain as well. Um, And I found out it was from stress. So I had to work on that as well. Partly why I quit my job. (laughs) So that's the body covered. Now let's look at spirituality. So in terms of spirituality, for me, it's all about connecting to or finding meaningful connections with something bigger than you. So, you know, believing in a higher power. I find that it's a way to center myself and it provides inner peace for me. So it almost gives me a feeling of gratitude for my role in the world and it makes me realize that I'm one piece of a bigger puzzle and I need to do my part and take care of my part in the world to fit into the bigger picture. I also find that whatever spiritual beliefs you have, they're a very good way of reinforcing your values and principles. I know that I grew up Christian, and I would say I wasn't really a strong Christian growing up, and I lost my way for a while, and then in part of finding myself again and understanding myself again, I was gradually moving towards Christianity again, and trying to understand it better and live my life better through that. So there's some things that I've grown up with that they've almost become part of my personality now. But I know that there were not things that I could honestly say were good. So there were definitely weaknesses that I had. So for example, I used to be very, very, very vindictive. Um, because I've always been one of those people that I give, give, give. And then if somebody ends up abusing my giving nature, I become very, very hurt. And then I become very, very spiteful. So I used to be that person that when I noticed that someone was trying to, was trying to take advantage of me and I was aware of it, what I ended up doing was I would then start actively playing a part and conniving and planning ways to really mess them up. And I would find ways to come back and get them. And they would not see it coming because I would never show them that I was pissed off or anything. I would just plan a way to really take care of them. But when I finally, when all my planning and all my conniving and everything came into fruition, I would then remind them that they did this, this, this and this to me and how I'm happy I've got them back. And payback is a bitch. And I know it sounds really bad and really spiteful and really nasty, but, you know, that's what gave me peace of mind at that time that you don't mess with me. You know, I'm a nice person until you mess with me. And I I still stand by the fact that I'm a nice person until you mess with me, but I don't, I try not to let it get that far anymore. Um, Now I'm at a point where I just disconnect from the person before it gets to that level because hurt people hurt people you know and I really don't like the cycle as much as you get that gratification at the end of it you kind of feel really dirty 
Um, so it's something that I, I couldn't quite get past. And in reinforcing my spirituality, like with the Christian faith, um, there's so many parts of it where it says, you know, it talks about how you treat other people. And in essence, the Bible is, you know, it's a manual for how to live your life. So if I'm saying that Jesus and God and the Lord are my God, then and they're telling me that this is how I need to live my life and I'm not doing it, then I'm lying to myself. And am I really a Christian? Am I really a good Christian? So it, it, it made me realign my values and, pris- and principles. It forced me to make the behavioral changes that I needed to, to realign with my values and principles. So now, as much as I don't like people messing with me, I still try and t- treat people the way I like to be treated. So in those kind of scenarios where somebody, I see someone's trying to take advantage of me, instead of waiting for it to play out, I'm now more wise in seeing it. First of all, I'm wiser in seeing it when it's coming. And secondly, I, am, I have more grace. So I try and say to myself, because hurt people hurt people, it wasn't about me. It's just they're just coming from a place of hurt and because I've been there before, I try to give them that extra grace to just say, I can't be upset because I know that they're not necessarily bad people. They just do, they've just done a bad thing. And that's helped me greatly. It doesn't always work out sometimes, you know, I have my slip ups and I get really angry and it happens. But overall, I found that my spirituality and my, and me reinforcing my spirituality has really helped me greatly in, in reinforcing my values and principles. So in terms of spirituality, I found that usually most people, when you're trying to understand yourself or you're trying to become a better version of yourself, you go through a stage of depression and nobody really wants to call it depression, but you're depressed. Um, Call it what you want. I call it depression because you feel like you're lacking. You feel like you're not enough. You feel like you don't understand why people just can't treat you the way they should. You don't understand why as much as you're achieving X, Y, and Z, when you're alone, you're not as happy as you should be. And I'm going to be honest with you, some people do not have that level of introspection. Some people still think that they're the bee's knees and they're still fantastic. Their time will still come. But for yourself, that you're like, okay, I really want to work on myself. I want to understand myself better so I'm a better version of myself. You're very much aware that you're not 100% because no one is, by the way. But at least you're ready. You've acknowledged that you're a work in progress, and now you want to do something about it. And there's that underlying depression that until you do that, you know, you don't feel right. So one of the things that helped me along the way was also having a gratitude journal. So I didn't, initially, I didn't necessarily write it down. In the mornings, what I would do is I would pray. Some people meditate, some people just do, everyone does different things. But I would pray and I would thank God for a minimum of five things that I was grateful for that day. And I remember that period. I didn't have a job for like two years or something. And I was devastated because I had all these skills. I had so much to to offer, but I just was in a crisis. I couldn't seem to get a job that paid me what I was worth. Um, so that further fed into that depression. I remember when I was struggling, I, all those people that were supposedly my friends were nowhere to be found. So, hmm, another indication. So I remember thinking, okay, well, let's take it from the top. As I start my day, I need to be in the right frame of mind because 
when you're sad and depressed, you cannot see past that. Everything, it, everything depresses you as you go along the day. If something bad happens or something that, you're, that made you upset happens, you almost, it's almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy. You're like, oh, and another thing. And guess what happened again? And oh my God, look at what happened again. Of course it'll happen to me. So what I ended up having to do was pray every day and say, I wake up in the morning and I'll say to myself, for example, I thank God for the fact that I'm alive. Um, I thank God for the fact that I have all my fingers and toes and I'm able to walk and my body's fully functional. I'll say something like, I thank God for food, shelter and clothing. Some people don't have that and I'm grateful to God that I have been provided for in this instance. Um, I thank God for giving me the presence of mind to be aware that I am a piece in this very big puzzle and my time is still coming. And then I thank him for being in my life and giving me the chance to be open to new to changes, to be open to being a better version of myself, to opening my eyes to the fact that I need to be a better version of myself. And when you say things like that, you're almost you're creating a different self-fulfilling prophecy for yourself. So when things happen that don't go your way, although you can see the bad, you're consciously aware that you need to see the good. I mean, there's all kinds of scenarios that I can give, but I'll give you another one. So there's been times, let's just say that, let's say I missed the bus or something and I was really upset because it will mean that my manager will be upset with me. I've already seen how the day is going. I can already see the negative coming in. But if I've already done my, my gratitude journal and or prayed or what have you and reminded myself of all the wonderful things in my life, I've seen all these things that can devolve. But what I end up doing as well is saying, okay, well, I missed the bus. I thank God for the fact that I'm in a country where I can actually still get another bus. There is good transportation. And then I thank God for the fact that as much as I'm late for work, at least I have a job to go to. Not everyone has a job. And I have also been in a situation where I didn't have a job. So there are times when I didn't have a job, but I'm grateful at least I have a job to go to. You know, if I have a cranky manager, sometimes I say, I thank God for the fact that some things are blessings, some things are lessons. This cranky manager is teaching me how not to be, how to have grace, how to understand that there are other things going on in people's lives other than the work that they have. And just little things like that help me. They keep me going. They give me that extra push. I don't feel all alone in my depression and I don't sink further. I'm aware that I'm one little piece in a bigger picture. Another thing that I do are, are affirmations. So I had to write these down because sometimes you forget what you know and you forget who you are and you forget what you've achieved. So sometimes I write things about myself and I say things like, you are kind, you are a good person, um, you give people chances, um, you have grace. Just maybe four or five affirmations each day, different things. And just repeat it back to yourself. It's always good to make yourself feel better about yourself because... You might not hear it outside, you, somebody else might not tell you, but we're all wonderfully made and everyone's unique in their own way. So you need to remember what makes you unique in a good way and reconfirm it back to yourself. So one of the tools that has helped me with, so, okay, so we'll just, just recap some of the tools that I've used in, you know, helping me with my spirituality. So, like I said, I pray. Some people meditate. Everyone does different things. 
I also do affirmations for myself. And then I do a, grat- a gratitude journal as well, okay? But for me, my gratitude journal kind of ends up being my prayers, and then my affirmations end up being my affirmation journal. But one other thing that I use is that I do daily devotionals. So there's this daily devotional that I use. It's on www.ucb.co.uk. So UCB stands for United Christian Broadcasters. And I've been using UCB. My mom, I remember way back when, used to give us a devotional book for each month, um, a daily devotional book. And basically every day when you start your day, you would read it. It pulls out certain passages from the Bible and it talks about being a better person in those instances. And so they've helped me greatly just have that positive mindset as well. So that's a great resource to use. I'll add all these in the show notes. So yeah, connecting to a higher level or, you know, finding your way in your spirituality is very important for yourself. Now let's talk about the mind, because for me, that is critical. And all of these tie into the mind, of course, but some of the things that I wanted us to just go over that are very useful... I use the a free personality test. I'll add the link in the show notes. And I found out that I am an entertainer personality, which is quite fascinating. Um, it just gave me a better understanding of my strengths, my weaknesses, um, how I would be in a relationship, how I am with friends, and also how I, how I would be in the office, how I am as a manager as well. And I found it to be about 90% accurate. There are some things you already know, but it's nice to see it on paper. And I took that and I broke it down. So it mentions a lot of things about, you know, the kind of way you can be. And for me, what I ended up doing was I got a book or a journal and I broke it down into my strengths, my weaknesses. And under weaknesses, I broke it down into two. Things that I can change, things that I know that... We're way past time to change. Like, it's going to be nearly impossible to make those changes in my personality or what have you. Because personalities are also kind of things that you've learned in terms of behavioral growth. And they've kind of solidified over time. So these are some of the things that I did when I broke them down. So, for example, earlier on I gave an example of my vindictive nature, right? So someone can say that that's a something in my personality or character character trait or what have you. I knew that I was very vindictive. Initially, I wasn't sure if it's something I could change because it was a key part of how I dealt with a lot of situations. And I was very much aware of it. Now, there are some things that you will know as weaknesses that probably didn't even come up on the personality test. I would recommend that you still write them down. But in terms of being vindictive, I made sure that I wrote it down and I wrote why I felt that I had that weakness or what scenarios came up that made me become like that. So in terms of being vindictive, I realized it's because I always felt that I was being taken advantage of. And so breaking it down like that made me understand if you know your weakness and you know how you react with those weaknesses, right? So you can do a reversal and ensure that Wherever the bad is coming from, you can look for the opposite and try and do that instead. So for me, when I realized that I was vindictive, 
and why I was vindictive. So you need to know the why so that you can fix it. So you know the how. I wrote the people, the the who. So I always write who, what, when, where, why, how. And I answered in all these scenarios, right? So with each weakness, I write all these questions down and I make sure that I answer them. And I found that basically a lot of it is my fault because in my eagerness to please people, I overextend myself and then expect others to do the same for me and they might not feel the same way I do. So I've had to kind of reel myself back in. But guess what? You have to understand why you feel like you need to please people. Some things you're fixing the symptoms where sometimes you actually need to fix the actual illness. So being vindictive was almost like a cure, but not a really good cure. It was the wrong cure for a symptom, which was being taken advantage of, which was really a sickness of feeling this really big need to be liked and be be wanted. So that was the real, the real sickness, being feeling like I needed everyone to like me and to be wanted and to feel needed and to feel loved. And that was the real sickness. So it took me a while to break all these things down. And based on that, I was able to then split that further into my triggers. So I had things like triggers versus values. And so once I broke it down, I was able to say, well, my triggers are basically being taken advantage of. And then it became a thing of, so what's the opposite of that? Whatever the opposite of that is, is what I'm looking for in terms for my friends and what I'm looking for in terms of uh, like a life partner or a relationship. And that's how I was able to work my way up slowly but surely. So the personality test definitely helped me understand my behavior. And then I was able to then break it down further and say why I'm behaving like that, what's causing it, and how to help myself once I knew what was causing it. So this is just in general for your general personal growth. Alternatively, you can also do another test. I did this ages ago with my mom because I wanted to do hospitality and my parents thought I was absolutely crazy. They did not see that as a, a real career because in Nigeria, if you're not a doctor, lawyer, accountant, you know, engineer, I don't know, something like that, then it's not really a real profession. And I always knew I wanted to go into hospitality because I knew I always wanted to help people, but it's partly to do with my need to be liked. We'll talk about that another day. So to kind of get me other options, you know, other career options, or to further disprove my need to be in hospitality, she got me onto this test. It's called the Career Direct Guidance System. And it's done by it's done by crown.org. I'll add it in the show notes. Um, so basically, it gives you a, like a 33-page assessment of different things in your life. So for example, it looks at your personality again. So the six factors of your personality, personality highlights, typical strengths, typical non-strengths, critical life issues. So I found this to be very helpful. I mean, I think you pay a fee. I'll check that for you. Um, and I'll see if I can get a special discount. Um, but basically you pay a fee and you do this assessment, which takes about 20 minutes. And then the second part is that it looks at your general interest. So five major general interest areas, and then it will look at top eight career groups and then potential occupations, um, in your top groups. Um, then it looks at your skills and abilities, and then it looks at your values, which I found very interesting. Um, so your work environment, your work outcomes, life values, 
um, things that are important to your career decisions. So I found this very useful understanding what I liked and what I didn't like in terms of my career. I did this test when I was about 15 and I did it again um, about four years ago just to see whether I was on the right track still because a lot of things had changed since then. But a lot of things stayed the same as well. So yeah, it was a very good indication. You know, it looked at just all kinds of stuff that I think you should have a look at and you should do if you can. And the idea is to get as much information about who you are so that you can make informed decisions. So once you have all these written down, because there's some things that don't come up. So what I started doing was keeping track of certain things that happened because some things you don't know till you know, and that's just the honest truth. So I took a new page and if anything bothered me in a really negative way or in a really positive way, I would write it down. I would take a section for the good, the good, like the positive things, and I would take a section for the negative things. So in the positive things, if I had a really good day and I'm trying to figure out what exactly made that day fantastic, right? I would write down who, what, when, where, why, how for that day. So I will write emotion and I would say happy, full of joy, whatever you want to call it. And then I will say who I was with. So there's been, let me give you one of my best days ever in life. And you'll think it's bizarre, but these are the kind of things that just bring me so much joy. My cousins and I decided that we were going to go to Alton Towers. Actually, it was my cousin and her friends, but they're great crack. We decided to go to Chessington and it was one of the best days ever. There were some things that were a bit mm, during the day, but overall, the day was fantastic. So let me tell you some of the things that I broke down in that. The who I put down, the most important who in that scenario was my cousin. But her friends were fun people too. And I was just looking for pure fun. I didn't want anyone to be a Debbie Downer. There are some times when I have friends who are great, they're great people, but they, sometimes they can have negative energy and I don't want that at specific times. If I'm just out to have a really good time, I don't want a Debbie Downer at that time. And even thinking about that, I had to say to myself, hmm, maybe this is why I wasn't invited to one or two parties here or there along the way. Maybe because I was in a, in a time in my life where all I was doing was bitching and moaning and no one wants a Debbie Downer, that's for sure especially when you're trying to have a good time. Um, so something to think about. So yes, her friends were also out to have a really good time. Um, now, that doesn't mean she doesn't have friends who are Debbie Downers. And if she had wanted to invite any of them, and I pictured in my mind what the day would be like, and I saw that Debbie Downer, and I would say, please don't invite that person. So that was the who. The what was what we did. We went to an amusement park. I love amusement parks. I love to go on roller coasters as much as I'm terrified. It, it releases endorphins for me. I get so pumped. I get so excited. Um, and it just makes me feel good. It distresses me. So that was the what. And, you know, I made sure I made a note of that, of the things that I like to do. Then where was obviously amusement park as well. So that kind of tied in. But the what was also hanging out with friends, positive, fun friends at a place that was an adventure type exercise. Perfect. And then obviously um, the where was the amusement park. When didn't really matter to me at that point because it was, I mean, it was summer, obviously. So it's nice to be out and about during the summer. Um, so obviously summer is a good time for me. It, so far as I take my hay fever pills, um, my antihistamines. 
And then how was important. So some people are more fun in certain scenarios. For example, I know some people who are terrible. They don't like road trips. They don't like um, trains. They'd rather fly to places. So the how is very important. The how also determines the who. If, for example, you ended up in business class and it was fun this time and then you were in coach another time and that kind of brought down the experience... It's something to make a note of. So you know what you like and what you don't like and what you can sacrifice for something else to get the ultimate goal. So if I know I'm going to this really fancy hotel that I'm really going to enjoy, I can sacrifice certain other things to have that enjoyment and not focus on the negative. So this is just an example of how I broke down that day in my emotional journal. And I made sure that I in the section where I had friends and things that I like in friends, things I didn't like, and the triggers, um, I put that down there as well. I know it sounds really crazy. I know it sounds a bit too, it sounds like a lot, but it just helped me understand myself so much better. So yeah, that's what I did. And I did that, you know, that was a positive day in a negative day. So I remember I have this family member who constantly believes that it is their right to demand certain things from me so they always want money to do this or that they believe in their mind they have this I call it entitlement spirit so in their mind they think they're entitled to whatever's mine and then they abuse things that I own they take things for granted all that kind of wonderful stuff and I had to make a note to myself that okay who what when where why how and say, I don't want people like this in my life moving forward. Um, Some family, you just know that there's not much you can do with them. Others, you're just like, I need to teach them how to not be with me. And this is one of those people where I said, okay, it's going to take time, but we're going to have to start addressing some of this bad behavior. And that's what I did. You know, so I started, for example, locking my room which stopped them from going in and touching my stuff and conditioning them to realize that you need to ask permission to use my things because they use your stuff and then they spoil it and then they damage it and then they pretend or lie and say that they never never touched it, but they didn't ask to begin with. So how do you know? Like, you don't know, you don't know. And for me, if I lock my room, then I know it's only me that's using anything. And then that way, guess what happened? A lot of my stuff stopped being damaged. Go figure. Just little things like that. I just started creating boundaries. Now, this is just a second tool that I use, this emotional journal. It was very powerful. It helped me a lot. Then the third thing that was really important to me was getting a mentor. Now, I had looked at different people that I wanted to mentor me. I wasn't particularly looking for a mentor, I would say. I would say that I just wanted a little bit of guidance. I didn't realize that I was actually looking for a mentor. I just knew that I needed somebody to help me who was more enlightened in different things in my life, Um, be it career-wise, be it, you know, understanding why I feel so twisted in my mind about things that happen. So why I would make such a big deal about a situation and someone's like, calm down, it's not that serious. And for me, it's such a big trigger. And I, I would start feeling crazy because they would almost make me make it seem like 
I was making a big deal out of nothing, whereas I know that what they're doing is wrong. And it might not be big to them, but it was big to me. And they would try and ridicule my feelings. And, you know, I had to try and understand that. First of all, why are they ridiculing my feelings? Am I wrong? I needed some kind of positive reinforcement to understand whether I was right or wrong, or what was right, what was wrong. I needed guidance on that. I came to realize that some people would ridicule my reactions to things for two reasons. First of all, they want to continue with that bad behavior. So they make you seem silly for trying to set boundaries with their bad behavior. The other thing that happens is that sometimes you do overreact. And that's because obviously you're already triggered. Um, So it's understanding your triggers and knowing that, okay, before it gets to this stage, I need to cut it off. Um, and knowing how to handle those situations. So initially, I had this aunt who I realized that we don't see eye to eye on a lot of things. I didn't want certain things to cloud my growth. And I felt that it was going to come with some negatives that I wasn't ready to deal with. So I just had to leave that relationship be where it was and not let it grow as a mentor-mentee relationship. And then there's been one person in my life who's always, it didn't feel like it, but when you think about it more and more, you realize that this person has always, it just seemed like a friendly relationship as opposed to being a mentor. So basically my older brother, we've had our issues, but in the last 10 years or so, we have become really good friends. The respect is still there, like he's much older than me, but It still remains that he's somebody I can go to when I have an issue. Like, oh, you know, bro, this is a nightmare. And he's like, oh, tell me. And then we, you know, we joke, we laugh, but then we talk about the real issue as well. He lets me rant. He lets me bitch and moan. And then he gives me some home truths. And sometimes they're hard to hear. And other times I'm like, yeah, I need, I needed that. And then we kind of feed off each other and we brainstorm ways of solving problems. But because he's ahead of me in this game we call life, he already has gone through some of the things that I'm going through. And he's, he tells me ways that he's addressed them, be it a book he read, or maybe I'm not ready to read that book. So he just starts doing the practical exercises from the book. And then when I'm deep in it, he's like, well, you've already started. I might as well read the book. Um, and just helping me along the way. Now, a mentor isn't for everyone, but if you can find someone who aligns with you and you guys have kind of the same goals and the same way of thinking, it'll help you. I'll be honest, he's not necessarily my mentor for everything, but he helps me in a lot of things. Some people get confused. They think a mentor is just someone you go to and just like, give me answers. It doesn't work like that. Um, You really need to have a mind of your own as well. You really need to be ready to sift information and, you know, everything with a grain of salt as well, you know? So you kind of have to know that it's not everything you'll take on board. So there are some things he and I don't align on. And that's fine. More often than not, we align. And then he gives me different perspectives. He gives me encouragement. He gives me other ways of resolving a situation when I've tried and tried other scenarios. You know, I've tried to help myself in all kinds of ways and it's not working. He finds a new perspective or a new way to help me with those scenarios. So it's been very, very impactful in my life. I'll have to say I'm, I'm grateful for he's one of my inner circle and... He's one one of the people who encouraged me to start a blog, who encouraged me to get on the podcast. He pushed me on this podcast for over a year, and I was like, no, 
I'm not doing it. I don't like the sound of my voice, this, that, and the other. And he just says, like, listen, you're a talker. You can talk forever. Might as well just get on the mic and do it. And so that's what happened. He's been instrumental in my progress. But I will always say that with a mentor, you just remember you also have a mind of your own. You also have to be accountable for your actions. There's nothing I dislike more than if something happens... You need to also take account, like accountability for your action. So if someone says, oh, why don't you, I don't know, take this supplement and they're not a doctor, right? And you take it and you're like, oh, it's because that person told me to take the supplement. Well, did you do your research? Does that person know enough to tell you any of that? And then, but you're the one who took the supplement. They didn't force you. You were in a gunpoint. So, you know, take ownership of your actions and just own up to your stuff, you know? Um, so just remember that even when you have a mentor, you still have to own up to your actions. Okay. So yeah, let's just round up with a mind. So personality test, as well as a career assessment, definitely helpful for understanding your behavioral patterns. And then an emotional journal will then help you further to break down your why the personality test, the assessment will help you understand your strengths and weaknesses. And then you can write them down in a journal and then split them into things you can change, things you can't change. And then from then on out, you can then start looking at emotional triggers and understanding what triggered it and knowing how to arrange it in a way that helps you. The only thing I'll say after this is that you also need to know your learning style. Um, when my brother kept telling me to read a book, I am not a big fan of reading when it comes to nonfiction. I'm obsessed with fiction, especially fantasy fiction, by the way. But when it comes to self-help, I really do hate reading books. I hate it. Um, which is why I have Audible and I listen to nonfiction books. As much as I don't really like reading, there's so many books out there on these things. Um, but you really need to understand your learning style. So I realized I'm more of a, I would say more of a visual kind of learner, which means I need visuals to learn. And I also need to learn by doing that's the kind of person that I am. Audios kind of works, but it's not as effective. So Find out your learning style and what works best for you. This is why I love YouTube videos. This is why I prefer audiobooks than reading. Uh, but this is also why I love practical things, things that I can do by myself. You know, if someone tells you, why don't you try this? I'm more than likely going to test it out. And I'm very quick to test out and say, this doesn't work, this works, this didn't, this didn't work, this worked. And know what works for me. But know your learning styles. Most people have two to three learning styles, okay? And from there... When it's time to further develop by yourself, because your mentor cannot do everything for you, sometimes you need to go back and do some reading yourself. And from there, you'll be able to um, grow more and understand yourself better. But I can tell you that that journal is so key. Like, I realize so many of my triggers and how to better cope with it. And, you know, depending on how close you were with me will determine how I reacted in those trigger moments. So if someone is really close to me, for example, I expect that you know my triggers. And if you don't know, I start talking about them a lot more. And the reason I do that is to give you a chance to assimilate it so that when something happens and you do something to me, it's one of two things. For me, it's either you knew and 
you did it anyway and didn't care about my feelings or you didn't know or forgot and so you need another chance. And I, I mark it like that. I'm sorry, but I need to mark it. I need to know that, you know, once, twice, three times, we're going to have a problem, you know? Um, but if we're not as close, I don't take it as personal because you don't know me like that. We don't, you know, we, we, we don't kick it like that. So if we're not tight like that, I cannot really take offense to you triggering me. However, it also means that there are certain things you cannot talk to me about because you do not know me like that. I have these distant aunts who try and talk to me a certain way and that's a big trigger for me I don't like when people think that they have a right or a say or an opinion in something that I'm doing that is really personal in nature to me and they think that it is their right to tell me how to be that really messes with me so you know you'll find that they'll say something like oh you know if you don't do this you don't do that you know you then you don't know anything about this you don't know anything about that obviously because and then insert whatever condescending thing they want to say and in my mind obviously I'm trying to be respectful but all I want to say is mind your business stay out of my business but if it's someone really close to me I respect the fact that you want to give me constructive criticism but it's not every single person that I allow constructive criticism. So that's for another day. But yeah, suss it out. When you start understanding more about yourself and what you want and what you don't want, there's so many things that will change. First of all, there's so many things you will just not accept anymore. Certain ways people are around you, you just won't have it anymore. Certain friends you used to have, you will sadly have to cut them off. I have so many people that I enjoy them in certain scenarios, but then I realize overall they're just not good for my mental health overall. And I had to say bye. Now when I say I had to say bye, some people I had to completely cut off. Some others, I see them in certain scenarios, um, but I had to distance myself. Um, some other people, I realized I needed to bring them closer to me. Now that I'm clear and more focused on what I want, I know the kind of friends that I want now. I know the kind of people I want in my inner circle. Um, and just, you know, knowing, rearranging your boundaries. And then on top of that, when you've done all that and you surround yourself with the right people as well, and then you want to bring someone into your life in a relationship. In fact, when you meet somebody, by the time you say, what do you do? Where are you from? How are you? There are certain things you start hearing and things that you were not awake to before. You start realizing that, oh, hang on, I can't deal. You already know. And you just friend zone them straight up. In fact, I felt so great. Like I was just like, yes, now I know what I want. Now I know what it looks like. Okay, let's go. So automatically I was just shutting down things left, right and center. And then some other times I'm like, you know what? I actually know I don't fancy this person. I'm going to go on a date with them so I can practice being comfortable on a date. So that when I do meet Mr. Right, I know, you know, what I want to do. And on those dates, I'm happy to split the bill because I know I'm not trying to be with you. That's just my way of doing things. Everyone's different. So I hope I've been able to clarify some things on, you know, understanding yourself and just being a better version of yourself and just working on yourself, you know? Nothing good comes easy. Um, and we just all have to do it. So I'll add all of these main points in the show notes with the links. I hope you liked this episode. If you did, please do rate, please do review, and don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. I'm Lolly, your host, and uh, join me again soon. I hope you enjoyed yourself. Ciao.